0: welcome to the midtown church weekly podcast hosted by lead pastors cassie and alex barron midtown church exists to reveal the kingdom of jesus together in kansas city This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church.
1: Welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm sitting here with Cassie,
0: co-pastor of
1: Midtown Church. Uh, We're having another conversation about following Jesus or becoming like Jesus If you weren't with us last time, we spent some time just reflecting on what it means to become like Christ, to become like Jesus. And then we kind of dove into just a little bit of the process that we'll be doing a little bit more talking about today. The process of evaluating our stories, our loves, and our habits. And so today we want to talk about stories. We want to talk about these deeply meaningful narratives. And kind of the maybe the best way to describe it, and I'll let Cassie chime in on, on why these stories matters. Stories are the meaning-making devices in our lives. These are narratives that we organize our thoughts, our memories, um, our priorities around. When we think back over our lives, we don't think in terms of Um, categories we think think in terms of stories or a story Um, so Cassie help us uh, just think through why stories matter for us as Christians
0: yeah you know they really are organizing principles for our lives just like Alex said when we're you know thinking about like who we are as people we generally tend to think back on stories um, that happened in our life Uh, you know, in our childhood, a lot of people joke like when they go see a counselor, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out like how, you know, my childhood is currently affecting my ability to perform (sighs) well at work. Right. And that's (laughs) kind of the joke. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I've got to figure out why I want to eat raisin bran for breakfast because of something that happened whenever I was four.
0: Yes, exactly. And so but to a certain extent, although that's like yes it is a joke and probably taken like to an extreme and out of context it, it there is some truth to it like so much of what we do as people is informed um by what many like sociopsychologists uh and people in that realm and that those fields call like your family of origin mm-hmm. um and that doesn't necessarily mean you know everybody has a family because i know that's not true but like the people that you grew up with that parented you those people are all considered to be part of what's called your family of origin. And they like really shape who you are as a person It's astronomical to read the research and understand how much your upbringing affects like literally just your day-to-day behaviors. And so again, so much of that is thought through and understood through story. You think about like when you're getting to know somebody, for the first time, when you're sitting over to coffee with them, like you're kind of you're telling them the stories of your life. Like mm-hmm. I, am just thinking about we had coffee with some friends um, not too long ago, and you know they asked us the story of how you know Alex and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, how you know we fell in love and became husband and wife you know we joked about stories of past injuries or whatever but all of these things they actually really do not just affect who we are but they actually change us not only as we experience them but as we tell them and so something i if you if you don't know me um you wouldn't know that i actually have my master's in communications from missouri state university that's my alma mater and i wear it proud i love it um but much of my master's was focused on communication theory and research, and one of the most prevalent theories within the communication realm is a theory called the narrative theory, or there's another theory that's very similar called the narrative performance theory, and it's really this idea that stories we tell and the stories that we experience other people telling actually create meaning Hmm. in our lives like they actually they're not just like things we say but the actual telling of them and the experience of somebody else saying them they actually create meaning in our lives you know we can actually point to like i i'm sure you've had experience like this in your own life where you know something happened to you when you were a young child like when you were like three or two years old and your parents have told the story so many times that you almost feel like you remember it, do you do you ever yes, have one of those? Yeah, yes. that's like one of the foundational examples of what I mean when I say stories are meaning making. They actually create like the meaning of our yeah. life whether
1: you rem- actually yeah. remember that setting right. whether you remember yeah. that event, the fact right. that your parents have told you about it or shared that story so often. it it becomes ingrained in your your conscious. Yeah,
0: of like who you are Mm -hmm. and what you interpret life to be. And so that's kind of why stories are so so important and so integral to who we are. And honestly, you know, really integral to like our faith in Jesus or really any faith that you come Mm -hmm. across. Like that's why we have like a Bible, (laughs) right? That's like a collection of like stories effectively. I mean, we're
1: talking about these stories – on, on like individual terms, but we're not just, you know, individual beings living kind of in a vacuum. Right. That we also have like cultural narratives. Like there Mm. are cultural stories and, and, and family stories and, you know, different parts of the world, different um, regions of the United States have different stories that, you know, we absorb as well. So we have the stories from our parents, the stories we tell ourselves, but also kind of the stories of culture that yeah. that add to who we think think of ourselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. So I guess kind of the question that comes from that, and in, like inevitably, is how do stories then relate to our walk with Jesus? Right. right? Like, right. what does that look like? And ultimately, um, they have a lot to do with. Our walk with jesus but even more than that this idea of how we're formed as mm. people so we talk a lot about like spiritual formation like if you've been in church very long like you've probably heard that term thrown around it's this idea of like as spiritual beings as people that follow jesus you know we're constantly changing or being formed mm. around different things and Hopefully, if we're if we're following Jesus, that thing would be yeah. Jesus, but it doesn't always it isn't always Jesus. right, right? Well,
1: Even beyond just just the church, every human being is is being formed or being shaped yeah. or changed. We're not static. we're dynamic. Yes. We're yeah. our 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 future person is different than who we are now. And the question of formation is who is that person going to be or what things in my life are shaping? who yeah. I'm going to be.
0: Yeah. And if we take that principle and that idea and that understanding that we've had in church for so long, and we apply it to stories, the question actually becomes, what stories am I believing that don't align mm. with Jesus's story? Yeah.
1: What's a, what's like a common story you would say, or you talk to someone about, and you kind of begin to see the edges yeah. of that narrative. What are some of those stories that Most of us believe that just aren't in alignment Mm -hmm. with the story of Jesus.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be transparent. Obviously, we're church planners, and so we're living in a season where we're building the church, and inherently, like, part part of that is, like, we are not rich. (laughs) There are a lot of things that, like, we want in life that just financially we can't Mm -hmm. Have, and part of that is Alex and I is just kind of sacrifice um, to say, like, this is worth it, which, you know, I actually think we've mentioned on podcast episode number yeah. one. Um, but part of sometimes even my own disappointment in life comes from this idea that, like, riches equals success. Hmm. Like the fact that we don't have, like, a large house with, like, the most perfect furniture and, like... You know, all of the space in the room that we need, like the fact that, you know, we don't have the ability to buy extravagant Christmas gifts for everybody or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or I don't go to the salon regularly. Like just as a personal mm-hmm. thing, no um, harm to anybody that does. But like I don't go to the salon regularly to like get my hair dyed or my nails done or like a makeover or all of those things. Like so much of that feels counter to like living a successful yeah. life.
1: Yeah. Well, if I could zoom in even further, you talked about just like Christmas gifts and the abundance of what Christmas looks like. Yeah. I mean, watch any... Hallmark movie. Watch yeah. any f- like well-known Christmas movie. They have the
0: same theme. The
1: narrative of Christmas is this abundance of material
0: and love, gifts,
1: <laughs> and abundance of love. Okay, <laughs> that too and
0: love. Okay, okay. I like watching Hallmark <laughs> movies. Love right, is always what right, is but Alice. like,
1: but part of the the setting in these yeah. Christmas movies is that you you step into this room with a large Christmas tree and piled high under that Christmas tree. Our, our presents. presents. Yeah.
0: And so there's like this prevailing story in our culture. Like you can't escape mm. it. I don't know anybody, at least in our Western United States of America context, that can escape the story that like riches equals success or mm. more stuff is better, right? Yeah. Like that is inherently so much part of like who we are and it's a story that we're consistently told Mm. over and over and over again even from a young age i mean you think about like commercials right like life is better if you get blank yes they're short stories that are reaffirming our narrative that more stuff equals a better life or riches the ability to spend money or have margin or buy things equals Mm -hmm. like a better life existence. And so I would say that's like one of the stories that we tend to tell ourselves. The problem inherently is though, when we look at scriptures, when we look at the life of Jesus, we don't find that story affirmed by jesus Mm -hmm. if anything we see the opposite story affirmed by him and this is kind of what alex and i mean when we say like jesus presents an upside down kingdom like almost like a world that is like opposites day from our world Mm -hmm. right it's like we see um it's in the gospels and it's mentioned in multiple places but we see the parable or it's not a parable i'm sorry the story of a rich young ruler Mm -hmm. right so this Mm -hmm. Man comes to Jesus and he says, you know, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus essentially tells him, like, abandon everything you have and follow me. And what happens? The rich young ruler walks away because he has lots of possessions. He has lots of riches. He has lots of things. And so to ask him to give up everything to follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. he can't do it. Mm -hmm. And what does Jesus say? He says... It's easier for a camel to go through the needle or the Drive eye of a, a needle, needle mm-hmm. than it is for a rich person to end in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, right? Like that's, that's crazy. That's the upside down kingdom that we are a part of as followers of Jesus. And that's the story that mm-hmm. Jesus is writing here. Mm-hmm. And so we see a story that is very different From the story that we adopt as people and have told and have embodied for our lifetime. Mm. So, you know, when we're talking about stories and why they matter, especially in the context of life with Jesus, you know, they matter because, like, if we truly make ourselves aware of the stories that we're telling, the stories that we embody, if we're becoming aware of those things and our desires to become more like Jesus. We have to, like, change the narrative.
1: Yeah. I think part of the complexity of this is, you know, we've talked about the individual narratives of what we believe and what our parents have told us and the stories that we hear. We talk about the cultural narratives that were, like, this weird amalgamation of a ton of stories, you know, being condensed into, you know, our personal story. And so... You know, we were talking about the Christmas story. Yeah. Well, if you grew up with ev- without ever having that type of Christmas, it impacts how you you're thinking about these things. Yeah. So we are all this these you know weird amalgamations of the stories we we believe in. So we each yeah. have a different process. And we all have to confront different narratives and different stories that we believe in order to bring them into alignment with the story of Jesus. So we're kind of, I guess I'll pose it this way. How do we align these stories with Jesus? How do we begin that process of confronting the stories we've believed with the narrative of Jesus? And maybe it would be helpful to start with, what is the Jesus narrative?
0: Yeah, Um, you know, I think the bible and the scriptures are really misunderstood in the context of our current society um and a lot of that has to do with just like cultural christianity that we we face in our american society um and a society that has consistently parsed out like portions or verses of scripture um and the reality is although like I am 100% behind like exegetical studies of the scripture, of going through concepts or books of the Bible, like piece by piece and component by component. When we do that, though, we have to realize, understand, and couch whatever we're talking about in the grand narrative of scripture. So um, if this is like not sounding familiar to you at all, I would suggest um, going to the BibleProject.org, right? It's BibleProject.org? I think so. Alex will confirm that, but um, BibleProject.org and essentially the Bible Project is all about helping people understand that the Bible is one big story leading to a crescendo. crescendo and that crescendo being um, not just Christ's coming to earth not just his death but his resurrection and his desire to come for us again Mm -hmm. and so really this narrative that we see throughout all of scripture is comprised of you know God's creation of of us of this world are really just our ruining of it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Like our our stain on it, our inability um, to follow even his most most basic of asks, uh, and. F- then the rest of the story is him working towards like redeeming us mm-hmm. and moving us tw- back towards Genesis of moving yeah. us back towards his initial creation through this grand master plan of Jesus Christ. And I think Alex just told me it's Bible So yep. I messed that up. Yep. Thank you for uh, being confirming. For yes. Yeah.
1: I, you know, as you're, you're talking through the, the narrative of scripture, I remember in, I think elementary school, like using the narrative arc to kind of plot and summarize oh, yeah. different stories. So yeah. it's almost like the exposition is that God has created a good creation and has created humanity to live and to rule alongside him. And then there's this inciting incident where the first humans rebel against God yeah. and in many ways choose to do their own thing. Yeah. And then the rest of the the Jewish Testament, the Old Testament – are these stories of Jesus or of God really beckoning humanity to and come us back consistently
0: to failing and <laughs> us consistently failing over and Con- over and, and over this, again.
1: You have this climax of God taking on the form of man yeah. in Jesus, living this incredibly wonderful life and showing yeah. us the beauty of his kingdom being executed for his claims, to be God and his claims his to kingship. challenge yeah. the the Roman government and then the wonder that he defeated death. And then you have the falling action of the, the early church and it's funny to, to talk about the early church and us as being a part of the falling action but yeah. In terms of the climax, the climax has happened. Yeah, we're on the second half. We're in the second act of history, and with we're,
0: another climax coming, <laughs> we're
1: waiting for the yeah. full resolution yeah. of Jesus returning, yeah. um, for his his people, and to make all things right and to reveal the goodness yeah. and the beauty of creation. And so, it's this one wonderful arc. It's this library of texts yeah. written over two thousand years yeah. that describe one cohesive story yeah
0: and obviously like we we learn so many of the most important stories in the life of jesus but in order to even understand why jesus came to earth and the purpose of his ministry we really do have to understand that grand narrative of scripture Mm. and so really the first step to aligning our story with the story of jesus is understanding like why why, why did Jesus even come yeah. and so we have to we find that answer in understanding that grand narrative of scripture mm-hmm. um, again I would encourage you go to BibleProject.com um, they do an incredible job explaining some of this and even going through books of the Bible helping you understand the main mm-hmm. points they've, they've done an incredible job of really contextualizing scripture for our day and age and helping us understand the purpose for it and the way in which to read it and follow it in our everyday life yeah You know, um, the first step is, like, understanding that grand narrative, right, Um, and really knowing why Jesus existed here on earth and why, you know, we continue to need to learn his story. Um, But, you know, we also – sometimes when it comes to stories, we – you know, we need, like, all of the the tricks or, like, I, I don't know. You think about, like, Marvel, for example. <laughs> like, Marvel Studios. I love Marvel movies. Alex and I are, like, Marvel crazy fans. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is because, like, they do such a good job of capturing, like, all of your senses with, like, the story um, and really, like, giving you ways in which you relate to it. And I think sometimes with scripture, we have a hard time doing that of, mm-hmm. like, being captured by a story and a lot of that does we, have to we do, read it
1: because we have to.
0: yeah we read it because we have to the and task. a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are so culturally removed from jesus's day and age that sometimes it can be hard to be captured by a story that feels very foreign Um, And so one of the practices that I um, have been recently introduced to and I've loved being walked through is this idea of imaginative prayer. Hmm. Um, And it's actually like placing yourself within a story and contemplating what it would be like to be in that moment Mm -hmm. with like all five senses experiencing that story.
1: The and, smells of first yes, century yeah, Galilee. Uh-huh. The, yes, and
0: actually praying through a story, yeah. like feeling as if you're in it. Um, and so, you know, I, I encourage you, a, a great place to start would be um, actually the baptism of Jesus by mm-hmm. John, because, mm-hmm. you know, it deals with like water and some things that like we we naturally associate. I would encourage you go to that story and just take that small passage of scripture and like spend 15 to 20 minutes just trying to immerse yourself and mm. imagine what it would be like to be in the crowd and looking on and then imagine what it would be like to be John the Baptist mm. and be the one that's being asked by Jesus to baptize him. Mm. Um, and then I would imagine what it's like to be like Jesus when the holy spirit ascends like a dove and you hear that voice that says you know this is my son for whom i am well pleased and imagine being jesus in that moment and hearing from the father like this is my daughter this is my son for whom i am well pleased and so anyway i you know that 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 practice of imaginative prayer I think it can help us to take the stories that we read in scripture and to really internalize them in a way that constantly are brought to memory like I remember the plot lines of Marvel movies because of how they capture my imagination right. like if you can capture your imagination with scripture like if that can be captured through imaginative prayer you will begin remembering some of those things yeah. more and more well
1: I mean, we're talking about capturing the imagination and and story like that. That should be the heart of Christian worship. Yeah. Is the capturing of the imagination. uh, Some of the, you know things that stick with me most are just song lyrics. Like they've that's true, yeah. they've captured my imagination. Seasons by Hillsong. Yeah. That's a great example. Or 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 even just September by Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> like
0: anything that's fair. Can,
1: these these this mm. music, these, these lyrics can seep into your bones yeah. and capture your imagination in, in such a way. And I think Christian worship worship in the church. Uh, maybe that's an art form that we've lost touch with. That hopefully, as you know, we're in the midst of planting Midtown, hopefully Midtown could be a place in which we, we capture that imaginative um, storytelling again. Yeah. Um, we we talk to our people kind of about the, the liturgy, which liturgy in Latin is just the work of the people. Hmm. That it is the, the work of the people, it's the work of the church to week in and week out tell the story of Jesus. We we sing the psalms. We pray the confession and we're a reminder that at one point creation was good, and and in our own rebellion we have lost it. We we repeat the Apostles' Creed, the r- reminder that we believe in in Jesus, the Son yeah. of God. We we do these things. We take the 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 bread and the cup as those visceral like that that taste and touch and that smell of this is a reminder that jesus is setting a table for yeah. all of us yeah. so i think christian worship in and of itself yeah. is an imaginative storytelling yeah. activity
0: yeah it's something that alex and i have worked on as we've been planning what we want sunday gatherings to look like as a church is actually modeling the entirety of the Sunday gathering from start to end almost off of that grand narrative of Scripture Mm. with this idea that we have to consistently internalize that grand story of Scripture if we hope to model our stories, to align our stories with the story of Jesus. Um, You know, I think the first step is in aligning our stories with the story of Jesus is simply learning his story, right, which we spent quite a bit of time on. Um, I think the second step, though, is just being aware of this, our stories, like the hmm. stories that we tell ourselves. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with just some intentional conversations, some intentional prayer, intentional journaling, some intentional um, times of solitude with the Lord, um, asking him to reveal in you those spaces, I think a lot of it too is even in those in those spaces where like, oh shoot, I messed up. Like yeah. thinking through like, wait, okay, why? Like what story was I telling myself? And like what you know, what story does Jesus tell? Um that directly like confronts that mm-hmm. that that slams the door in that story's face yeah. in a sense
1: it's a, an easy example would be like if if you have a moment where you you lose your patience with yeah. a waitress a waiter um someone working at the grocery store um and just getting angry at them what narrative if you told that you're better than the person yeah. who's working or that you in, have like a right to treat somebody or like you that. have the right yeah. at, it, it's those types of things that when we begin to to break down um where we fail we begin to see there are underlying narratives that we believe that are contrary to the message of christ yeah
0: so i think we have to learn his story we have to be aware of our stories and then lastly i think we have to begin transforming the way in which we worship Mm -hmm. and we're gonna get into this a little bit more in our next podcast when we talk about loves um because becoming like Jesus is about those stories, those loves and those habits. But um, so much of um, the idea or the concept of love is tied intimately to this idea of what we worship. Um, and so much of the stories that we tell are consistently backed up or consistently reaffirmed by the things in which we worship so uh a great example and i'll steal this from uh, james ka smith who we've referenced previously in his book you are what you love he talks about um, that concept and the idea of the mall right yeah and how the mall itself is almost like a church like we go into the mall with as much worship of our consumerism as we do when we go to a church and our worship of jesus and kind of this idea that um although the mall isn't inherently like evil (laughs) it's not like an evil institution Nonetheless, it confirms our worship of something that is not yeah. Jesus. It, it is a, a false God. It has a narrative. Yeah. yeah. A narrative that, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, if only I can get that particular like outfit, I'll be accepted. Yeah. Right? Or, or I'll you, be successful if I yeah. look this way. Um, I've
1: never walked by a mall advertisement where the people are look bored. Or, or yeah, they look disappointed with the clothes that they bought. That's it. There's... This underlying narrative that if you are to purchase yeah. things from this store or that yeah. store, happiness will yeah. follow.
0: So like worship in and of itself, therefore, is a storytelling like practice. Yeah, it Worship helps tell our story. And so sometimes it can be hard to say like, how do I change the story that more stuff equals success? Well, maybe you need to start changing what you worship. So like what what do you worship are do you worship your phone like are you constantly on your phone on amazon i i know i am are you constantly on your phone on amazon like looking at all the cool new things like you need to get tomorrow like are you constantly ordering things from amazon Or are you constantly on Instagram and comparing yourselves to unrealistic expectations of like people and life and like desiring other people's image like you inherently are worshiping your phone. And so saying like, okay, today I I put away my phone for the next six hours. I refuse to worship my phone that act in and of itself is going to begin to help transform like your story it's going to help you begin to align your story with the story of jesus because once i've removed the thing that that bone the thing that i worship i can then focus my worship on jesus yeah.